Genesis, so if you want to turn there, you, we'll, we'll go into Genesis. And we'll just mainly be in chapter 17, but I want to refer to a few of the scriptures because I want to wrap this series up uh, I've, that I've called, Can You See What God Sees? You know, I could have called this Following the Faith of Abraham, but I, I, I didn't really think about that as, it, as it's grown and as it's developed. Um, that's really what this is about. But it, it's, it's also about being able to see things differently than just they are in the, on this natural level, on this natural, what, what, what our five physical senses tell us. You know, that's part of what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. It's the ability to believe God simply on His Word, regardless of whether or not we see it yet as, as being tangible. And that begins with salvation. That's what, that's what the, the story of Abraham is about in part, and in, far, in fact, the largest part is salvation because we have to believe that God is who He says He is. We've got to believe the promise and the provision that He gave us. We've, we've got to believe that in order to receive salvation. He made it available to all mankind. He gave it to us. But this, this stirs me also to understand that this is also the way that I receive provision uh, and help financially or wisdom and direction uh, by the Spirit of God, by healing and, and restoration in areas of my life, physical, mental, emotional, every area. Uh, this is where the power or the way that the power of God is released in our life. So we can apply these principles, these things that God does through Abraham into our life. And that's what we're, that's what we're looking at and, and what we're going to continue to do. But in, we're not going to turn to Genesis. I'm going to try not to get caught up in review too much. But I do want to remind you how many of you have slept since uh, last week. Maybe not as many hours as you'd like to, but you've slept since then. You've, you've uh, had a lot of other things, and you've probably forgotten some of what I've taught unless you've listened to it all week long. I tell you, one of the most powerful things that, that helped me as a, as a young man while I was out feeding cattle and, and doing whatever I was doing, driving to and from work or whatever, was listening to the cassette tapes of the sermon that, that, of, of that week. Now you have access to so much digitally, and uh, you can hear the word constantly. But it's amazing when we hear a word, something that speaks to us, and then continue to hear it and allow God to develop it in, his li in our lives. And that's what happened in Abraham. That's why I love going from Genesis chapter 11 all the way to Genesis chapter 17. And in fact, it goes on into chapter 22 uh, where he presents his son Isaac as on, on the altar uh, and knowing that, in the, that God, if he raised him up from the ashes, he, it, it was, that promise was not going to be lost um, but, but God began to speak to a man who was a, a nomad, a, sh a, a, a shepherd, a, a person of the, you know, that, that just traveled and had many different things. And God came to him in uh, Genesis chapter 11 and, and spoke to him, I'm going to make you a great nation. I've got a promise for you that is so inconceivable. And at that time, he was only 75 years old. I mean, his dad... Abram's dad lived to be 205, and so people of that day lived to be a little older. So maybe that would have uh, been, by comparison, would have been, you know, 40 or 35 or 40 in, in comparison to our life expectancy. But nonetheless, he was well past uh, or well practiced at failure of having kids, and, and he and his wife Sarai did not, uh, Abram and Sarah, 
Sarai at the time, she had not had her name changed yet, had not had kids, and, but God spoke. And then let's look in chapter 12. Let's just start there. Chapter 12, verse 1. So the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make you your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you, and all the and all the people of the earth will be blessed through you. You know, and it says, and so Abraham went out as he was told. And remember in verse uh, 7, it says that then the Lord appeared to Abram and said, to your offspring I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. And I, I mentioned this, and, I, and it bears repeating, is that, that Abram was, was new to a connection with God, but he began to realize who God was. And that's the first thing God had to establish with him was who God was. When we first come into the faith uh, and, and make Jesus Lord, we, we may have come for any number of reasons. We may have come because our, 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 uh, you may have come because your life was a mess. You know, a lot of us could, could relate to that. We're having all these problems, so we come to God. We may have come to God because we heard a hellfire and brimstone sermon that scared the you know, scared us away from hell. We'll, we'll, we'll say it. We'll change that. Scared us away from hell towards heaven. And, and so out of fear, we came to God. It may have been because that's just the way we were raised and all of our life we'd heard about it. But we had to come to a moment and a time to where we chose to believe, God, you are who you say you are, and I receive you. But that's based on his faithfulness and the fact that he can fulfill these promises. And I can just tell you, you're going to be, we're going to be limited in our access to God and these promises if we cannot see God as able to achieve those things. And that's what, first of all, God established with Abram is that, that I, I am the God who, you know, I say I am and I'm going to do this promise. And understand also the promise that he was making was so far-fetched, so far from anything he could, he could really and truly conceive, but God began to speak it into his life so that it could build. You know, when I read the Scripture, I don't just read history. I read God interacting with man and how, he, how, he, how powerfully he demonstrated himself and how he spoke a word and how, all the things that he did. But, you know, there's times whenever whenever it was difficult to believe him for some of these things, and, and still is at times. But we know, if we know who God is, that helps a lot. And so God began to develop him. And then in chapter 15, uh, he, he came to him, and he, and he did something amazing. He said, after these things, the word, the, the verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. I am your shield your very great reward. He began to paint a bigger picture of himself God did to Abram. He began to say, look, I'm, I'm your shield. I'm your great reward. I'm going to not only provide for you, but I'm going to protect you. You know, here's, a, here's something that, that we have seen in the progression through Abram's life, and, and this is happening over years. He, he has grown in wealth, in notoriety, in all of these things. And how many of you know that the more you have, sometimes the, there's, there's more fear of how do we sustain this? How do we, how do we live this on? How do we hold on to it? We, we finally got to this level. Now how do we maintain it? How do we hold on to that? Can, can enter in? And, and, and in his day, 
It was just a matter of the right uh, group deciding they're just going to come take his stuff. I mean, you know, so him being strong, that's why at one point he was able to take his men and go conquer three kings to, and, and bring Lot, his nephew, back out of captivity and, and was able to plunder them because he had built a, a fortress, a, 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 a band of men and, and he'd built himself up to protect, but yet there had to be, a, I'm sure, a fear of losing what you have. See, the, the, the devil will work on you. You know, you can, you, there sometimes is, is a resistance to following God's promise because we're afraid of losing what we have. You know, I, I know that's way, the way the devil works on us with, uh, with giving. Uh, in, in a time where things are stretched and, you know, gas prices have come down temporarily uh, before the election probably, but uh, anyway, they're, they're down for a period of time. And during this time, it's a little easier. It's a little, little easier to fill up your car. It's a little easier. You can pull the, you know, get the truck back out and drive it a few, you know, a little more instead of the economy car. Or, or you can make that trip without thinking about it. Maybe a little bit less because it costs less. But yet, you, you, we can, uh, if we're not careful, begin to change what God has said, promised us, where our tithe is concerned, our giving is concerned, our trusting Him where our finances are concerned. we got to continue to do what we know regardless of what changes out here. Just like uh, the illustration of putting the seed in the ground even when there's no real forecast of rain and it's very dry. You continue to do what you know will produce when you know God is faithful. You know, that's uh, some of what God's just continuing to build in Abram. Verse 2 says, Abram said, But Abram said, Sovereign Lord, what can I give since I have no heirs? And, and he begins to paint again, paint on the canvas of his heart. He, he begins to expand from Abram's limited view. He had, he had expected by now to see results. You know, one of the greatest en enemies of, of faith, our faith in trusting God, is our past failures or the delay in the things that we've asked for. You know, it's easy to, to hear a sermon and be stirred, or it's easy to go into that prayer time and hear God and study and dig it out and, and, and find God what His promise is. And then pray that, release your faith and pray that, like we'll, we'll talk more about and that we've talked about before, but we'll talk more about it. But it's easy to do that in, that, in, that, uh, in the ease of, of prayer, of the life and, and when faith is there. But the moment things are delayed or the moment that, that we remember the other time when we prayed and it didn't seem to work or it didn't, the devil just loves to come back in and hit us with those things. And see, by this time, Abram is like, okay, God, I believe you are amazing. You're this awesome God. He, he, he's, he believes this promise. He's, he's really, it's becoming tangible. I can see God, you pro I can begin to see myself being this great name, this great nation, because it's becoming, it's starting to happen. But I'm still childless. I still lack the one thing, God. That's really what he's saying. And God responds and comes back. But what does he come back with? The same word, the same promise. I'm going to do it. But he begins to continue to, to expand him in verse 4. He says, Then the word of the Lord came to him. This man will not be your heir, but the son of your own flesh and blood will be your heir. He took him outside and he said, Look up at the sky and count the stars. 
if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. He said the same word, but he expanded Abram's ability to conceive it in his heart, to, to see it not only with his, with, with his eyes of faith, but now an example from, from the physical. He's looking up at these stars. He's saying, I, 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 I can't count them. And he still, so it turns him back to God and God's faithfulness, God's ability, God's power. Now, then in verse chapter, chapter 17, let's, let's look at chapter 17, verse 1. And, and, and this is where I wanted to really get to today, which is where we ended last week. Verse 17, or, or verse 1 of chapter 17. Genesis chapter 17, verse 1. When Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Now that is critically important that we, we catch what God did right there because when he said, I am God Almighty, it, he was saying El Shaddai in the Hebrew, and it meant something new. It, be, it expanded uh, Abram's understanding of who God was. He says, now I, I am El Shaddai, I am the all-sufficient one. That meant something to him. It meant he'd already begun to, to, to identify God as this all-powerful God. But there's something about understanding uh, uh, God in a way that he's a provider, all-sufficient, lacking nothing, able to provide. And, and so it meant something different. God changed his name. And then he, he challenged him. He says, walk before me, be faithful, and, and be blameless. Then I will make my covenant between me and you and it will greatly increase your numbers. Again, going back to the same word. You know, something that I see, and that's why I love progressing all of this, is that God continued to stay with the same promise, the same word. You know what? Whenever we get a word, my God shall supply all my need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Every time lack or, or oppression or pressure, or that, that fits and that covers a lot if we understand it. If you just quote it by memory, it's not going to be the same. But when you can say, my God, my God, and I mean just pace the floor, my God, and you let that expand, my God, my God. Paul was speaking this. Paul was saying, my God. You can say it, relate it like that, my God, God, the God who, who took Paul and transformed his life, did all that he did through Paul. If God who did it through Paul... And Paul was praying for the church at Philippi, the Philippian church, and, and, and that's Philippians 4.19. And, and man, he, he said, my God, this God who has taken me from the place I was to where I am and has continued to take me, my God. I mean, just that alone ought to stir our faith. When we're, when we're about to get, and when, when, when Abram, was like, man, dude, I've been at this for 24 years, God. When's it going to come on? When's it going to happen? When's this going to change? My God, and that's what God was showing up to do. My God shall supply. He goes back to that same word. And he says, on, on, uh, verse, in verse 3, Abram fell, fell face down and he said to him, as for me, this is my covenant. God speaking. This is my covenant with you. So he says, Abram, this is what I've promised you. This is my part. This is my side. What are you going to do about it? You will be a father of many nations. 
No longer will you be called Abram, but your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Now notice what God just did right there. He introduced himself as something different, expanded his understanding, and then he changed Abram's name to become what he had promised. His word, Abraham, there's a couple of neat things there. It, all, it has in the Hebrew uh, lettering a same, uh, I think it's the letter H, is, is the same letter as what El Shaddai has in it. That was new. So God's changing his name, but it also was so powerful because the meaning of Abraham was a father of a multitude. You see what God did? He, he put in his mouth what the promise was. And he made him, put him in a position to begin to say what the promise was and that he was or had what God said. So that's why it's so important that we, we, we watch our words, what we say according to and, and in line with the Word of God. You can't say, well, I'm blessed, and then in your prayer time, my God shall supply all my need, and then walk out and say, well, I always do the wrong thing. If you want to know how to do it wrong, just follow me. I, I never have enough, or I'm so stupid. All these negative words, what are they doing? They're destroying what you just prayed. Because here's, what, here's who you will believe more than anybody else is yourself. And when, what's the Bible say? When two or more are gathered or agree, you get powerful results. There's a multiplied results. Well, what if somebody that you know says or has said, you're not smart, you act just like, you are, you're all these negative things, I could go on a whole list. And you, then you agree. What are you doing? You're releasing faith in reverse for the negative. I'm sure Abram, when he considered God, he said yes. When he considered the promise, he said yes. But when he considered himself, he said no. He said but. When he considered Sarah, Sarah, his wife, when he considered the fact that they were at least, if they had just gotten married, if they were newlyweds at 75, when he was 75, and she was, well, how old was I? She was 10 years younger than him, maybe, or something like that. She was, she was an older lady. We won't say she's old because if she was 65, right? But she was old, an older lady. She was, they had been married the minimum of 24 years. We know it's probably a lot longer than that. They were well practiced at failure. They were well practiced at not getting what God had said, and yet God never relented, never backed up. He kept that promise there, and he continued to build. The important thing we understand is he, began to, he was continuing to build Abram's ability and Sarah's ability in this process to believe and to receive the promise that God was, was speaking. And the power was... When he changed his name, he introduced himself then as I am who God said I am. I am a father of many nations. Did he have a kid yet? No. And that's what faith does. When you were first born again, when you first made, there may be a, an exception to this, but most of us, when we first give our lives to Jesus Christ, maybe for quite some time, we didn't feel very saved sometimes. And people might have come up to you, and they might have come up to you and said, well, 
you know, are you really saved? And you have to, you'd have to say, well, you know, my actions don't all, you know, you might not have this conversation, but in your mind you're going to wrestle with that. And then you're going to have to go, but my God, and, and here's what, whether people ever say this or not, the devil would come to you. He, he'd knock on your door, the door of your mind, and he'll say, you're not good enough. You don't deserve it. I know what you thought. I know what you did. Remember that? He'll, he'll, he'll drag you through all of that stuff. But here's the power of identifying who you are according to what God's promise is, is that 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that any person who is anyone who is in Christ Jesus, how do we become in Christ Jesus? Accept Him as Lord. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus that he, God raised Him from the dead. Confess with your mouth and you'll be saved. Receive, call upon the name of the Lord. Believe in Him and you'll be saved. Receiving Him, not just in word, in truth, you, you can say words and not believe it in your heart. But God knows. And, and when we do, and you know, and when we give our life to Jesus, when we do that, we're not going to immediately walk that walk perfect, right? And so there's going to be, a, 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 at times, an argument that will come against us to say, you're not, that's not yours, you can't have that. But when he considered all of those things and he came to himself, he would, and Sarah, his wife, he would he would have an issue because it came to him. But what God did was he put an, a, a whole new name on him, and he says, now, you're going to not only begin to call yourself what I said about you, you're not, you're, now you're going to begin to speak, you, I'm the father of many nations, but you also have a, a little piece of God in your name. God's name and your name begin to, begin to fit together. And see, that's what we got in Christ Jesus through salvation. First of all, the first thing we heard we have to get over is I'm, I'm good enough because of Jesus. I walk in, the, in His righteousness. And when He says I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. When He says that I can be cleansed, I can be cleansed. When He says that I have access to God, I have access to God. Whatever he says, you can read Ephesians. That's why I love Ephesians so much, but you can read the first chapter of Ephesians. It says you're chosen. It says you're redeemed. It says you're one of his. It says you're, you're, you're his handiwork. All of these things. You need to identify with that. You need to begin to have that as your, as your confession. But then what about other promises? See, because here's the thing. I love this little, this little, this little catch in verse 5. It says... No longer will you be called Abram. Abram was what? Fatherless. Well proven of failure. But Abraham was a father of many nations. And notice he says, your name will be Abraham. And, and then this next little part, I love this. For I have made you a father of many nations. Now, catch something there. There's a, a tense in this. Past tense. I have made you. See, thank God salvation happens and then we begin to get better. We don't have to get it all figured out first. We, we, we continue, God continues to work on us. Same way with the, with the things of God, the promises of God, the provisions of God. Here's the thing. When we began to understand and recognize, like Abram did, who God was, unlimited, 
that, that all-sufficient one. And then we begin to hear him speak. You remember uh, last week and the week before I said, or maybe it's just in the last week, but in, in chapters 11, 12, 13, 14, all through there, several places in chapters 11 and 13 and, and, and 12, it said that he heard God's word, he dreamed, in other words, he began to expand his thinking where God's promise was, and then he worshiped. And, and, and his practice began to do that. And see, I challenge you that, that when, you be, when you come to God with a need, and God, I don't, know how to, I, don't, I don't know how I can do this, whatever it be, you bring that, present that to God, you spend time with God, you begin to hear Him speak. He'll begin, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak. The, the messages begin to speak to you. The music you, you turn on the radio. I mean, a conversation. With, all these things begin to fall together to speak to you when you're seeking God because He'll bring you that word. And then you begin to worship around that. Begin to dream. Begin to, begin to just in the beginning say, okay, God, you did such an awesome thing in Abraham's life. You did such an awesome thing in, in Paul's life, in Peter's life. In, in Jesus, when you walked the earth, you, you healed that, that woman who, who had the issue. You, 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 Jesus, and, and begin to hear that word, allow it to speak, and begin to dream about that, that God, this God who was living and alive, walked the earth, was developed and created everything, loved man enough, us enough, you enough. I mean, we were on his mind, like that first song said. All of these things, he's, he's speaking them, speaking them. We can worship around that and allow our, uh, begin to see God, you can do these amazing things and then allow it to speak into our lives a specific thing so that we become what he said. And see, faith is the, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. I think it's, it's the identifying of, of the fact that it's done when he speaks it into our lives, not, not just when it shows up. See, faith is willing to lock in and say, okay, God, I'm going to believe it and I'm going to speak it ahead of time. I'm going to begin to say I'm saved. I'm going to begin to say I'm prosperous. I spoke, Sue and I spoke, we were prospered and blessed and had provision when we didn't have it. Multiple times in our lives where God, it was only faith that carried us through. It began when in the little white house in the, on the ranch that I talk about, but it also met us when, when the rug got jerked out from under us from a church in Arkansas when we was moving back. Had no plan, no, no resources, no nothing tied up. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hello. But we got to put together the promise of the provision, the promises of trusting God. And I can tell you this, we always had groceries and we always paid our bills, but we didn't know how till right before. We didn't know for, for about, for just a few months there. But we were out there where God just, I mean, absolutely supplied in such amazing ways. Now, I got to get to something. I want to read a little bit more. Uh, Father of many nations. And, and then notice verse 6. He switches tense again. He says, I will make you very fruitful. We'd well, already made him fruitful. I mean, he already was grown, but he said, I'm going to make you very fruitful. Now, now he's transitioning not just in your sheep and your cattle and your herds and, and your land and your hired hands and all of that in your body. 
in your, with your children. I will make nations of you. Kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant. Okay, so he then he goes in and he just continues to expand that. Now I want you to turn over to, uh, as a comparison, into Romans chapter 4. Because the Apostle Paul, when he's writing Romans, talking about salvation, talking about uh, receiving from God, he uses this as an illustration and he talks about what God did in Abram's life. So even the, even the Apostle Paul related to Old Testament Scripture and brought it into the New Covenant as a, as a way to receive. He says, I have made you a father of many nations, verse 16. Actually, let's back up to verse 16. He says, I'm in Romans chapter 4, verse 16. Therefore the promise comes by faith so that it may be by grace and may be guaranteed to all of Abraham's offspring, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who have the faith of Abram. Verse 17 says, as it is written, and catch this, he repeats what he said back there in chapter 17. He says, I have made you a father of many nations. As it is written, well, Paul's talking about as it is written of the Genesis account of Abram, of, of what they'd always remembered. And he, he continues, he says, He is our father in the sight of God in whom he believed, in whom Abram believed. Abram believed in God, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into being those things that were not. Boy, I tell you what, when we begin to, to tap into, sorry, tap into all that God has for us and all that He's speaking to us and all that He has laid out. Man, I tell you what, we'll, we'll continue to grow in these things. He says He gives life to the dead. So He identified, Paul identified God as that life-giving God, lacking nothing, the El Shaddai kind of God. And he says he gives life to the dead and calls into being those things that were not. How many times do we go before God and we don't have what he said yet? How many times? But see, here's the thing. When we go to God's word and we begin to believe it, we begin to trust it, we begin to look at ourselves through it, the God who, who uh, brings things to life will bring to those things to life in us. He'll begin to transform and change, and he can, he can cause when there is nothing. He goes on here. Let's, let's read verse uh, 19. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. Since he was about 100 years old. What's about 100 years old? 99. Could be 99 and a half, 99 three quarters, 75. Auction in a little bit. I've been playing with that. I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> Bad example. <laughs> a little more practice. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, but here's the thing. About, you could say 7, seven sixteenths. You could say 15 sixteenths, 99. He's, but he's about 100 years old. I'd say it goes along with Genesis chapter 17. He was 99. See, here's the difference. Abram had wavered. Abram did try to help God. He did get impatient. He did question. But he'd grown in his knowledge of God. But there came a time when everything shifted. He went from unwavering. He went from no longer doubting. 
That's where we want to be. That's where we, when our faith, when we pray and, and we're believing God to, to provide this change or, or, or do something miraculous or do something powerful, when it looks like that person could never change, when it looks like the circumstances of the situation can never change, you can honestly go to God and say, God, help me, guide me, direct me. But when God speaks into that situation, then we take that and we no longer waver. We no longer question. The question mark's removed. Notice what happens. He says in verse 18, against all hope, Abram in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, notice it was spoken, so shall your offspring be. I love this because he says, against all hope, when there was no consideration in the natural that it could ever happen. You can't ever have a building worth and a business worth millions. You can't ever, at your age, do whatever. You can't do this. You can't do that. The doctor says this. The finances say that. My education, my... You can't build a church in the middle of a town that only has 80 people and... You can't get any young families to come in there. You can't do this. You can't build another building. You can't do whatever. Or we trust what God says. Because in hope, in, in against all hope, when there was no hope, when there was nothing in the natural that looked like it could, there was something that came. There was a, a hope in him that came that wasn't natural hope. In other words, wasn't wishing it was hoping in a, in a God. That's what God established in Abram from Genesis chapter 11 to Genesis chapter 17. But in chapter 17, he changed his name. He put in his, in his words, uh, put words in his mouth that aligned with a promise. And something happened. Then it says, the fact that his body was now dead since he was about 100 years old and, and, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. See, he had to, he had to believe that God was first. He had to believe that God would do it for him. And then there, there was a shift and a change. He began to see God able to do it in him, through him, for him, so that there was no turning, there was no, there was no uh, wavering, he became fully persuaded. You know, a lot of times we pray and we, we, we ask God for something. And we wrestle with past, the past. We wrestle with the last time we prayed and didn't seem to get results. We, we wrestle with what we hear in the natural. We wrestle with what we see. And yet, then we take the Word of God, the, the, the faith in the Word of God. And if we'll go back to that promise, we'll say, God, you're well able. And we begin to, to speak that Word in our prayer, and life comes. We begin to, to rehearse that Word in our prayer time. God, you said, you said, you said I could, you said I'm able. You said I could, I could pay off my debts in the midst of an economy like ours. Not because this economy's good, but because you're good. And you make provision in ways that, 
I can't ask, think, or imagine. You can heal. You can restore. You can provide. I can't do it, but I'm not alone. I have the greater one living on the inside of me. I can't overcome this sin or this issue, but God says you can because he says he'll make you new and transformed. Searching out God's word, he'll begin to speak a promise about you that might look a long ways off. But in God's timing, in just the right time, it comes. You know, one of the measurements for our faith is, are we assured? Are we fully persuaded? Are we wavering? You know what? Here's the thing. Don't condemn yourself if you're wavering. Or even if you begin in faith and then falter, come back to it. What did, what did God do? Every time he met with Abram, he spoke his word. The same word, I promise. He expanded it. He grew it. But it was the same word. It was the same promise. And then all of a sudden, one day, at 99 years old, when it looked the most hopeless, God spoke. He said, now... I'm going to call you something different. I'm going I'm I'm to expand who I am in to you and who you are to you. Well, that's powerful. I had illustrations uh, of, of Paul and of Peter. God did something amazing. He changed their names too. He changed their names to identify them as somebody different, somebody transformed, somebody changed. You know, you're going to have to sometimes... See yourself different. See yourself as God sees you. As we close, let's stand and, and let's just solidify that. That God, we want to be everything that you say we are. Listen, you can't learn what that is without study. I challenge you. If you can't read the word, if it, if it doesn't work for you very well, get it on, I think, the U version of the app on the phone. I think it'll read it to you. If not, there is things available where it will read you the Word. Get a translation, at least the NIV, if not the NLT, that will help you understand it in an English that, that you can read if, if that helps you. It began to go to it. God, show me in your Word. Let's pray. Father, we just come before you. We thank and praise you that, that Lord, we can have everything that you promised. Your Word says that in Jesus, all the promises are yes and amen. Lord, help us to to get out of the way of the power of God working in our lives by holding on to past failures or limitations. Help us to have eyes of faith that can see beyond what we see in the natural. Help us to put the Word of God in our prayers and then help us to hold that Word in our speech. That, Lord, if we can't say something good, we won't say anything at all. That if we can't speak in line with the Word, we're going to correct ourselves. When we, when we get caught speaking doubt and fear and unbelief and defeat and, and, and lack and all the things that are contrary to your promises, when we catch ourselves that, Lord, we'll repent immediately and even apologize to the people that we're with, that, Lord, we'll catch one another to believe you for provision in ways that are beyond all hope, that, Lord, we're going to hope in you. Father, I praise you and I thank you that you love us enough to give us the opportunity to make Jesus Lord of our lives even when we don't feel like we could be or we could receive that. 
Father, I thank you and I praise you that you're at work in the lives of these, your people, and those that are watching. And we just give you praise, honor, and glory for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as always, if anybody ever needs prayer or needs prayer watching or here uh, for uh, salvation, the Bible is very powerful in an understanding of when we confess Jesus as Lord. It's not based on our goodness at the moment. It's based on the promise of the provision of Jesus Christ and the cross. So be sure and contact us so that we can pray with you.